Now, while you're flipping there, I'm going to get all set up, but I'm going to tell you to... I'm going to tell you something. Today is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. And uh, my students already know this because we had cake to celebrate it. Uh, it's Promotion Sunday. Do you guys know where Promotion Sunday is? Yeah? It's where everybody in the classes move up a grade. It's so awesome. I am so excited. We get to, oh, of course it's not going to work. Aiden, you're going to have to follow along, buddy. My, it's not connecting for whatever reason. Anyways, but... Today is Promotion Sunday where we get to uh, move up the, all the kiddos in a grade, and it's so awesome. Today we moved two sixth graders into the seventh grade, and uh, as soon as they walked in, we cheered and we clapped and we, we yelled their name, and then we ate cake and had milk, and it was awesome. And so I'm telling you, Promotion Sunday is one of my favorite days of the year. Hey, connected, sweet. And it's just, it's just a fun time uh, to be able to come together and and to see the, the growth in students and see the foundation that's being, being laid. And, and uh, I just love this day. Uh, so we're going to celebrate it. Me and the youth are. We're going to celebrate it. So if you have students that are in, the, in junior high and high school, and I'm talking about kiddos that have moved up into seventh grade, we're going to do a whole half week of activities. So tomorrow, Taking the high schoolers because we're celebrating the eighth graders going in the ninth grade. We're going to go play golf at Top Golf or Sky or Flying T, whatever it's called. And then uh, junior high on Tuesday, we're going to go to Sky Zone, which is a big trampoline park. It's going to be awesome. So if you want some more details on that, let me know. It is my favorite, one of my favorite Sundays of the year. So I'll, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm loving this series that we are going through. Uh, I love history to begin with, and so. Uh, to be able to say that we're going to tackle this, this adventure of the kings and, uh, and seeing it through the eyes of, of a prophet and the other ones and uh, through the priests. I just, it's one of my favorite subjects throughout the entire Bible. And you know, every time I preach, I always say it's one of my favorite things, but I just, I just love the Bible. And it's just, it's such an exciting time to be able to uh, encounter what God has done and to see how sovereign he is and see how uh, to see what, how God has moved and how he leveraged uh, good kings and bad kings. And we get to see the history of Israel because it's our lineage that, we get to, that we're a part of as Christians. And so today we're going to look at King Asa. Now King Asa followed uh, a king that, uh, that showed that he walked the walk, but his heart was not there as we saw it. But King Asa received a warning from one of the from one of the, uh, the prophets, and we'll get to that in a second, but I got a question for you. I want to ask you guys, what is the worst, best news you've ever received? What is the worst, best news you've ever received? And what, let me explain this for you. At the time, it's the worst news, but in hindsight, however many years, months, whatever you want to say later, turned out to be really awesome, turned out to be really great. Uh, I, I asked a couple of my students yesterday, uh, what is, in hindsight, what is the worst, best news you've ever received? And a couple of them, two of them, actually replied back and, and said it was when they had to move from one place into another place. And at the time, they hated it. But when they got here, if they didn't move here, they wouldn't know about church. They wouldn't have gotten involved with uh, They wouldn't have built a relationship with Jesus. They wouldn't have been able to do half the stuff that they're doing at school and uh, they're connected in their community. So that was the worst, best news that they've received. And, you know, another example of that is that you left a little bit later from your house to go somewhere. 
and you're thinking, man, I'm really late. But because you were late, you avoided a traffic, a traffic jam, or not really a traffic jam, but a, a car accident that possibly could have taken your life along those ways. You know, and you found out afterwards that, you know, it was bad because you were late, but it, it was great because your life was spared because you missed that accident, you know. It's one of those things where you receive bad news, but it turns out to be really good. And, you know, and another reaction, another way that you could look at this, and then we see that is uh, because uh, you received bad news with your health, you know. Uh, you've been, you haven't been taking care of your body the way you should have, and you go to the doctor, and then you find out that you have bad health. And then so you receive that, and then your reaction is to start eating healthier, and so you say that I'm going to start eating healthier and living better and exercising a little bit more. And because you reacted in that way, it turned out to be the best news that you've received because now you're living a better you now because you've decided to react a better way instead of just continuing to live in an awful way. Well, King Asa received this type of news, okay? So in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, let's look at that and look at the news that he had he had received, starting in verse 1. It says, Now the Spirit came to Azariah, he's the prophet. Now the, Spirit came, now the Spirit of God came to Azariah, the son of Oded, and he came to meet Asa. And he said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah, and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For many days Israel is without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, and the Lord God of Israel, and they sought him, and they let him, and he let them find him. In those times, there was no peace uh, to him who went out, uh, went, out, went out, or to him who came in. For there was disturbances, disturbances afflicted in many, inhab many inhabitants of the land. Nations were crushed by other nations, city by city, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. But you, be strong, do not lose courage, for there is reward for your work. So we know that when we hear a type of news that either comes from a friend or a pastor, we receive counsel from God, okay? And we know that we can receive this counsel from God because we have the Bible that's in front of us. Now, Asa did not have a type of scripture other than the law that was given to him. And that for many years, there was a, they did not follow this law. There was uh, Solomon, even though started out to be a wise king, he started to turn away at the end of his years. And started allowing all of these, he started getting married to all these different women. And they brought in all of their, their foreign gods and their false gods. And they set up... Uh, they set up Asherah poles everywhere and all of these other things that were not allowed in Israel. So when they started to disfollow God, God removed himself from there, even though he kept watch, but nobody sought him. Nobody kept watch or nobody followed the laws that was there for them to, for them to follow that God had given them. Well, Azariah, the prophet, comes up to Asa, and not only does he call Asa out, he calls out the two tribes that were in the southern kingdom. He calls out Asa, he calls out Judah, and he calls out Benjamin. And so we look at that, and we understand, we understand that not only is he not calling 
just the kingdom itself, Judah, because if you look at it, this, this kingdom has been through some turmoil, turmoil. So you follow Judah, and you see Judah. They're not really following God, but what does he do? What does Azariah do? He calls out the king and the king of the two tribes that were made up the southern kingdom. He calls out Judah, and he calls out Benjamin. And so whenever God calls you out, whenever God wants to give you specific news, He's not going to call out maybe the, net, the city that you live in and he says, listen to me. He's going to call out the individual. He's going to call out your name. And he wants you to listen to something that is very, very important. He wants to give you some wise counsel, like I said, either through the pastor or through a good friend that you know is going to give you biblical sound advice. So, and look at Proverbs chapter 19. I'll get it up on the screen for you. It says this, it says, listen to the counsel, accept discipline, that you may be wise for the rest of your days. So as you take this counsel, you take and you accept this, Asa had no choice but to look at this and to think, what do I need to do? And so as he reacts to it, he does something that everybody needs to follow his example of. And so point number two is that we can listen to wise counsel from God and react. Asa reacted. Let's read how he reacts in, for, in, in verse 8. It says, Now when Asa heard the, these words uh, and the prophecy which Azariah, the son of Oded, the prophet spoke, he encouraged him to move the abominable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities from which it ca- uh, he had captured in the, hill, in the hill country of Ephraim. He then restored the altar of the Lord, which was which was in front of the porch of the Lord. He gathered all Judah and Benjamin, and then from those, Ephraim, Manasseh, Simeon, who resided with them, and many defected to him from Israel when they saw the Lord was with him. So they assembled at at Jerusalem, and in the third month, on the 15th year of King Asa's reign, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep from the spoil that that they had brought. Verse 12, it says that they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord their God, and their fathers were with their heart and their soul. Whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel, they would be put to death, whether small, great, man, or woman. Moreover, they, had, they made an oath with the, Lord, with the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, with trumpets and horns. All of Judah received concerning the oaths, for they had sworn their whole heart and sought to him earnestly, and let them find him, so the Lord gave them rest on every side. Okay, so collectively, let's take a deep breath. Just relax. Take a deep breath. We're in church, guys. We have a peace among us. It's not, not everybody in the entire world gets to come into this church, gets to come into church, and gets to collectively sing songs of praise and worship to God. Not everybody gets to come in here and pick out where they want to sit and collectively take a deep breath and just rest. Because they know on every side of us there's peace. Now, there is a war. It's against, not against flesh and blood, though. But the fact is, is that when we come in here, we reside in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We come in here, and whether, whether or not that you have dedicated your house which I hope you have because I hope you follow what Joshua said in 1 9 and he says for me and my house 
we will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. God has called you out individually to tell you something, to give you advice, biblical sound advice from whomever God is giving you to listen to. And I pray that you accept it and react how Asa react. Let me show you something real fast when it comes to when it comes to the idols. And I want to show you something that King Asa did here in just a second. But I want to take one idol that we have in America. Now, there are many that we have in America today. Now, I'm not going to pick on a lot of them, but there's just one in particular that I want to pick on today. So you can see what God is trying to tell some people. Maybe you may not be affected by this idol, but you can help other people out. Let me look at, look at this uh, stat right here for me. It says, according to Ask Wonder Research, the average person receives 43.9 notifications on their cell phone a day. Another website that I looked at actually says something different, that you receive up to 85 notifications on your phone each day. Can I tell you, there was another stat that was a little staggering that I went ahead and looked at last night. Did you know the average teenager? The average teenager that, ad, that downloads 32 apps onto their phone will receive 162 notifications a day on their cell phone. So, the average person at 43 notifications a day will check their phone on average 80 times per day, which means that they will check their phone every 12 minutes. Do you know the Bible says that we are a slave to our sin? It's kind of funny that every time our phone goes off, the notifications go off, what is the first thing that we do? Boom, we check it as if we're a slave to it. We go straight to it. Now, some of you, you have to use your phone to work. That's a little different. But for some of us that use our phone just for a little bit of leisure, and I'm going to pick on myself a little bit today, that's me included, that we have become a slave to our technology. And you know, there's a, uh, for me, whenever I see technology, I get kind of excited because for me, I love to minister to people whenever it comes to technology. Like, I love the fact that I can control my slides from up here on the stage and allow Aiden back up there to be able to relax, to hear what I'm having to say. I love the fact that I get to come up here every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. and set up the slides for you guys so you guys can get back and enjoy and worship God collectively. That's my ministry to you guys as, along with ministering to the youth of this community. I love doing it. I love the technology side of it. But also, there have been times whenever I will be at home and I will be looking at my phone and be inside my phone more so than I will be with my own family. And I know there are some of you that have that as well. And I apologize for that. There is not really a good example out there to tell you to get off your phone because all there is is just research to tell you that people are on their phones constantly. We have made our technology an idol in this land. So if we truly say that we, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord as Joshua says, what are we doing to make sure that our phones are not infiltrating our households? Making sure that our kids are not looking at stuff they don't need to be looking at. They're not making themselves, making their phones out to be this idol that goes off every 12, or they're looking at their phone every 12 minutes if they put it down. 
And that's if they put it down. But what are we doing? What is your idol that's out there? Now, you hear pastors talk a lot about the idols and how we need to get rid of them. It's almost become numb to us all because we hear, we hear all the time about these idols that are in our lives, okay? I'm not going to mention any more other than the cell phone, but you know what your idol is. You know what is taking you away from A, God, and B, your family. God wants you to have a perfect relationship with him, and he also wants you to have a great relationship with your family, but there's this great chasm in between both of them because there's an idol that is taking you away for three hours on a Sunday because we're so interested in it, more so than we are playing with our kids, on our, with our, playing with our kids in, out in the yard or playing a board game on a table. We're more interested in these things that will take us away because we are interested in our idols. I, Asa says no more. I have heard the worst news that I could possibly hear. There was no rest in Asa's time. There was no rest in the southern kingdom that made up Judah. There was always war. And they had actually just got done with a civil war with the northern kingdom. But there is some, but he looks at all of this and he says, I am not doing this anymore. So he removes it. He, get rid of all, he gets rid of all of the idols. And then something else happens. Something very uh, disturbing happens. Let's look at it. Verse 16, God had just finished up giving them rest on every side, and he also does this. He also removed Makkah, the, the, the mother of the king Asa, from the position of queen mother, now listen to this, because she had made a horrid image of an Asherah, or an Asherah pole or tree, and Asa cut it down, he, get, he cut down the image, crushed it, Burned it at the brook Kidron. I know what you're thinking. I can see it in your brains. It's, if you got a little bubble over your head, I can see it inside your brain. What is an Asherah? It's this. It's the goddess on the left. That's an Asherah pole on the right. Now you begin to wonder, and I'm going to be try to be PG because there's some little kids listening. But this is the goddess of fertility. Women would go to the pole or go to the tree, pray to this false tree, go to the pole to where they would have relations with men if they were not able to be pregnant. Also, Asherah priests would also stash women over at the pole so men can go and worship in a certain fashion. And I think you know what I'm talking about. And that is how they worshipped Asherah. They also later, in some cases established Asherah as God's, as God's wife in heaven. Look at, Jer- look at Jeremiah 7, 17. Do, not, do you not see what they're doing in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? The children gathered wood and the father and the kindle, uh, the father kindled the fire, the women knead dough and they make cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to the God in order to spite me. Now, there's a list of false goddesses that are listed there, but the number one goddess that keeps popping up in my research is Asherah. 
Look at what God says in the book of Deuteronomy whenever they're getting ready to move into the land. In Deuteronomy, it says this, You shall not plant for yourself an Asherah tree of any kind of tree beside the altar of the Lord, which you shall make yourself. You shall not set up for yourself a sacred pillar, which the Lord God your hates. He repeats it again. Uh, excuse me, let me go back. He repeats it again. And he first says in Exodus, Watch yourself that you make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which, sorry about the typo, in which you are going into, or it will become a snare in your midst. But rather, you tear down the altar and smash the, sorry about the typo again, the sacred pillar and cut down the ashram tree or the Asherah tree. His mother set up a pole right beside an altar of the Lord, and Asa cut it down after God had removed his mother as queen. So God had full authority throughout the kingdom at this point, and Asa abided in it, even if it still affected his household. We can minister and we can reach our family members with the gospel. We pray for them today. But at that moment of time, she needed to be removed as queen mother. And Asa said, okay. Whatever the idol is in your life. And now let me, let me tell you something about this Asherah pole, okay? That is not something that they were just afflicted with in the Old Testament. We still have immorality here in America today, we still worship this same goddess. Today, it just comes in the form of an aluminum pole in some places. Satan is still up to the same old tricks, even at that moment in time to today. When we look at the idols of today, they're the same exact idols that he was tempting people with 6,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 500 years ago, when we look at today, Satan is still at work tearing apart families, tearing apart the individual, and trying to dismantle the church because he absolutely hates what we do today. But I'm telling you here and now, the way that we can combat this idol, the problem with Satan today, is that we can fight back and get rid of the idols that separate us from God and from our family, and we allow God to have full authority throughout our kingdom. We don't mess around here. We are Christians. We follow the word of God, which is the full truth of Jesus, as he commands us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is not just lower than that command. It is just like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm telling you, right here, right now, you cannot love others if you have idols in your way. It is almost impossible to do. So whatever the idols that you are allowing that to take over your kingdom, get rid of them. Pray to get rid of them. Can you get rid of them on your own? Absolutely not. Find God. Seek him out. And God will let you find him. But also, there will be somebody that will come along beside you that God has sent to speak truth into your life. He will 
speak biblical truth into you. And as you get quiet in your war room or wherever it is that you seek out God, I pray that you do it every morning. I pray that you seek him out and you put on the full armor of God each and every day because you will fight a battle every day. But as long as God's fighting your battles for you, who could stand against you? There is not one idol in your life that cannot stand against God. Let me, let me put this connection together for you. It says that, it says that uh, Asa took down the idols, cut down that false tree. He cut down that false tree, and then he took it down to the brook Kidron, which is also a part of the Kidron Valley. This is an awesome picture. Steve has a picture. I tried to find it, couldn't find it, so I had to go to Google. So anyway, this is the Kidron Valley. In that valley is a little brook, much similar to this one. This is where Asa took down those false idols, crushed it, and then burnt it, obliterated it, got rid of it out of his life. It's down at the Kidron Valley where false idols are completely destroyed. In the book of Luke, that same Kidron Valley hosted another man who was the living God that crossed that Kidron Valley on a donkey a week before he would be sacrificed for our sins. That same valley that got rid of false doctrine and false gods hosted the living God. And he was exalted on that day. And he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Glory, hallelujah. He is the living God, not some false God that was conjured out of thin air. He is the living God, the king of your heart. May you seek him daily. May you call on the name of the Lord when you're sick and tired of looking at these idols every single day or finding yourself in the, in, 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 in the wretchedness of your idols, whatever it is, I pray you seek him daily because he crossed that Kidron Valley where false idols were destroyed, the living God who is alive today. Gets my, I get goosebumps just thinking about how sovereign God is. Not even not even 2,000 years before the living God would cross that, they burned false idols there. God is so good. Jesus was sacrificed for our sins, but three days later, he came alive to make the truth real. How good is he? But you have to make God full authority over your kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we love you, and I pray that as we reach this invitation time, that whatever the idols are in their lives, that whatever they're facing, whatever they're going through, Father, I pray that they lay them down here at the altar. I pray that they come and they seek out this place. They come to this altar and they say, no more, Father God. I am here to get rid of this, get rid of this idol. That Jesus, as you atone my sins, you forgave me of my sins on that time. Father, I pray for those who do not know you as Lord and Savior, that you, they would be bold in their footsteps. They would come forward and seek you out for the first time.
Father, that, that men would stand and be good fathers because they seek you out and they would lead your household, their household in your name. 